Hello and welcome to John Cook Ministries Podcast. I'm John Cook. Hello and welcome to our continuing study on Just a Thought on the Book of Revelation. I'm glad you joined us today, and I trust that this study will be a blessing to you. We have previously started out in part six. We've done six parts to Just a Thought on the book of Revelation chapter 12. Today is part seven. So if you want to get your Bible, turn to Revelation chapter 12, verses 11 through 13. Those are the verses that we hope to to cover today in this study. Now, when we consider the study of this, of Revelation chapter 12, previously, we saw that Satan was cast down to earth. We saw that as a result of that, that the accuser, our old, our old accuser, the devil, who accuses us before God daily, is removed. So no longer will he have access to accuse us to God. And we saw what great rejoicing that brought in heaven. Not only that, we saw the power that is ours. Power to overcome in this world. We are already overcomers, according to the scripture. And one day we're going to be made perfect before God in heaven. But for all the rejoicing that goes on in heaven at the casting out of the devil and his angels, and by the way, that's all future to happen yet, the problem that it's going to create here on earth is terrible according to the scriptures. And we're going to look at some of that today in our study. So take your Bible, go to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, and listen to the, what, what the scripture says. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. It says, they overcame them. This they in this pastor scripture shows those that Satan had been accusing before God. That is believers. Believers today and believers during the tribulation period that will be accused before God as well. It also shows that there's a great uh, path to victory. And that path to victory isn't found in joining a church. That path to victory isn't found in just our living a good life in our eyes or in men's eyes as far as that's concerned. But that path to victory is through him, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, which was slain from the foundation of the earth. The one who gave himself for us, bought us out of our sin, and paid for our debt of sin in this world. Now, 
when we think about the path of victory, we think that there are three types of Christians. The first type is every Christian that overcomes by the blood of the Lamb. Every Christian overcomes by the blood of the Lamb. That's a statement of fact. First Peter chapter 1, verses, uh, let me see, verses 18 and 19 says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed, that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from the vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Notice, we are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Listen, don't ever lose sight of the fact that the blood of Christ is our redemption. It is the blood of Christ whereby our sins are washed away. It is the blood of Christ whereby we no longer have to face the judgment for our sins because the blood of Christ has washed us clean. The Bible, the little, the little Sunday school song that I grew up singing in, in Sunday school as a child said, my sins are G-O-N-E gone. Your sins are gone too by the blood of Christ. The Bible says, as, a, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That lamb, the lamb of God, is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one and only one who can be described as without blemish and without spot. Now, I understand that the Lord is going to make us without blemish and without spot before him in glory. But we certainly cannot say that we live our lives completely free of any blemish or spot in this world because our old flesh is so weak. Then the second type is not every Christian testifies for the Savior. But according to our scripture, these overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Those that do overcome by the word of their testimony are those who give themselves to telling others about Jesus Christ, giving their testimony as a witness for Jesus Christ. Jesus said, uh, ye shall be witnesses unto me. A witness tells what he has personally experienced. A witness doesn't give hearsay evidence. 
He gives personal experience. I remember years ago as I was pastoring in a church, Calvary Baptist Church, in Yakima, Washington. A few years before, I went to Canada as a missionary. I remember talking to a fellow who was a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. He and his wife came and visited our church. I went to see them. And sitting there in their trailer, their trailer house, I began to tell him how to know the Savior as his very own. His answer to me was, Oh, preacher, I'm a believer. I've trusted Christ. That was his testimony to me. But he said, You see, I'm a drunk, and I just can't get over it. I said to him, I'll give you some steps that will help you to get over it. He said, great, what are they? I said, number one, get into the Word of God. Every believer, after we get saved, should get into the Word of God. Read it daily. Study it. He said, I read it. I said, number two, get busy and start praying about it. Spend time with God, talking to God. Every believer ought to not only let God talk to him through the word of God, but every believer ought to begin immediately to talk to God in prayer. He said, preacher, I pray. I said, that's great. I said, number three, go to church faithfully. I mean, every time there's a service, Be faithful in church. You know, Jesus said that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Well, he said, I can do that. Then I said, number four, get baptized. Baptism isn't for your salvation. Baptism is a testimony of your salvation. It is a picture that we have died with Christ, we've been buried with Christ, and we raise again to a new life. He said, I can do that. I said, number five, go out and start telling everybody you see, every person you know, that you're a Christian. Tell them how Jesus saved you. Tell them how he washed away your sins and made you new. And he said, preacher, I can't do that. You see, I'm a drunk. I said, if you start doing that along with the other four things, you won't be a drunk long. You see, our problem is we think we have to clean ourselves up before we start telling folks about Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. None of us, none of us are totally free of sin in this world. Though that's the goal. That's what we strive for. But that's why we earnestly groan 
for the redemption of our body. So one day we will be in heaven. There'll be no desire to sin and there'll be no sin in us. We need to start telling folks about Jesus. We need to let folks know there is a Savior and he can clean you up. So these overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the testimony, by their testimony. The third type of Christian is, number one, all are saved by the blood of the Lamb. That's the first type. The second type is the one who gives testimony to his salvation. The third type you don't find among all Christians. But the third type is the one who loves the Savior above their own lives. You see, they love the Savior so much that they are willing to give their lives for Jesus' sake. We live in a world right now that is living in fear, constant fear. Constant fear of what's going to happen. Many, if I go to church, will I be exposed to the coronavirus? Many are staying home from church and staying out of church out of fear because we've been told it'll kill you. Well, for the moment, let's just make that the argument. What if we did die? The Apostle Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I don't think most of us as Christians today have that attitude. As a pastor, as my pastor, Pastor James Johnston, who's now at home with the Lord, preached a message on this. And he said, the problem with us as Christians today is, I don't want to die. I want to live. You see, we've gotten comfortable in this world. And we don't want it to cost us to live for Jesus. But it will cost us. And it may cost our death. What if it does? For me to live as Christ, to die as gain. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Christian, let's get ourselves unwrapped from this world. There's a fellow in the Bible named Demas. He worked with the Apostle Paul. He was a fellow laborer with him. Old Demas was faithful until he fell in love with the world. The Apostle Paul writes this about Demas later. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. You know what the problem is? We're in love with the world. We're in love with the life that's around us. When we should be in love with Jesus and want to be with him. There are some Christians who not only have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, give testimony to their salvation, but there are some who follow through and love not their lives unto the death. Now, I understand that in the tribulation period, 
the saints out of the tribulation period will have to give their lives for the Savior. But there are many saints today, many Christians today, in other lands who are suffering and suffer death for the Savior. Death rather than, than deny the Savior. I think it may come in our country, in America, to where it may cost us our very lives to live for the Savior. But what if it does? Don't we want to be and live in the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and in the absence of sin and wickedness? My, how we need to get a hold of this. Notice they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Many times in our lives we have sin that is habitual, that it seems we just can't get rid of it. When I was a child, I can remember being taught by my mom and dad who got saved when I was five years old, trusted Christ as their Savior. Now, I was raised in church from that time on, and I can remember hearing the old-time preachers preach on plead the blood, plead the blood, they would say. When it came to conquering sin, plead the blood. Plead the blood of Jesus Christ on that habitual sin that we just can't get rid of. Plead the blood when we lose the peace of God in our lives. Lose it because we give it away. Plead the blood. People say, well, how do you mean? Well, about that sin that we want to get rid of, but just can't seem to get rid of. We take it to the Lord and say, Lord, this is sin, and I, I ask you to forgive me. I confess it is sin. But Lord, I pray that you'll bathe that old sin in the blood. Just soak it in the blood. And Lord, remove it from me and give me victory through the blood of the Lamb, my Lord Jesus Christ. I know that sounds strange, especially in this world that we live in, because we don't believe in that kind of old-time preaching. But it's nevertheless the truth, whether you believe it or not. We have victory in the Lamb of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 33 and 34, and then verse 37. Listen to what it says. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Remember, Satan accuses us before God today. But the day is going to come when that will no longer be true. But who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God 
that justifieth. Did you notice that? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? Well, we know that's the devil. It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again. He's risen again. There's the power of his resurrection. Who is even at the right hand of God. Jesus is at the right hand of God. Who also maketh, now get this, he maketh intercession for us. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, stands at the throne of God when Satan comes and charges us before God. God justifies us. When Satan comes and condemns us before God, Christ died for that sin. Christ rose again to deliver us. And now Jesus stands at the right hand of God and makes intercession for us. He pleads our cause. He pleads his blood for us. Then in verse 37, he says, Nay, in all these things, in the charge, in the condemnation, in all these things, we are more, more than conquerors. Get it now. Through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors. He's given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Think of that. Why, that's enough to make a Baptist shout, ain't it? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome the devil. They overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb. You know, the devil hates the blood. You know, when I was growing up in church, I can remember the preachers preaching about that. We used to be referred to as that old bloody, all those bloody Baptists, and it wasn't an English term, it was a curse word. But what they meant by that was, we sing about the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged neath that flood lose all their guilty stains. The devil, the devil hates the blood. That's why we should plead the blood. And this world hates the blood. Why? They've taken the blood out of scriptures in many cases and replaced it with death. Some say it doesn't make any difference. The blood doesn't make any difference. But Jesus says in his word that we overcome by the blood of the lamb. That brings us to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 12. Scripture says, therefore, rejoice. He's been cast out. No more accuser. We've overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by, by the blood of the Lamb, by the testimony 
by our testimony concerning Christ and by loving not our lives unto the death. Therefore, rejoice. We're to rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. But now watch the flip side here. Watch it flip. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. The devil is come down. He knows he has but a short time. So the scripture says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. That's us. At that point in time, we're going to dwell in heaven. The rejoicing in heaven at the casting down is going to be rejoicing over victory. Victory that we long for today. Victory that we yearn for today. Victory that will only be found when we are in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we can have victory here. But I'm talking about Absolutely 100% victory. That's going to be true for us then. Song says, the battle's over. The victory has been won. Jesus won the victory on the cross of Calvary. And one day we're going to experience that victory fully and completely in heaven. But notice it says woe. Now that word woe means hold on, you're, hand, you're headed for trouble. The old Westerner mistaken this word for saying woe to his horse. Said when God says woe, you better woe. You better stop. But God is saying look out to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. Notice what's good news in heaven is bad news for the inhabitants of the earth. The warning is, whoa, look out. It's coming. Trouble has arrived in a package you don't want to accept. But you got it whether you like it or not. Why the warning? Because the devil is come down unto you, the inhabitants of the earth, having great wrath. Satan knows that now he has, his time is limited. And he doesn't like it. He doesn't like the fact that he's been cast out of heaven. He doesn't like the fact that he is now no longer able to accuse the brethren before the throne of God. He doesn't like the fact that he has very little time left. He doesn't like the fact that he's going to lose everything. Time's up. Satan is furious 
and the fury of the devil in that last three and a half years of the tribulation is terrifying or should be terrifying. It is the ending of time. God is going to bring about the closing up of all time. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 29. Jesus said, and behold, they cried out saying, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? See, the devils know that they, there is a time set when they're going to lose. And they were worried at that point when Jesus showed up that their time was up. But they knew it wasn't. But they wanted to know if he was going to take care of them before the time of their judgment was to fall. You realize God knows the time when everything will close up? You realize that God is the one who is in charge of all time? Now, why is he furious? Because he knows he has but a short time. See, the devil knows he doesn't have much time left at this point. And he wants to cause all the trouble he can for God while he still has time. It's wise for us to know that the, the devil's not in charge. It only seems that way. The devil can only do what God allows him to do. Do you ever think about that? That God controls just how far the trouble can come in our lives? And if he does allow trouble in our lives, it's because he knows we can take it. And that he'll bring us through it. You know, I know one thing. God doesn't always remove the trouble. But he always brings us through it. Notice the inhabitants of the earth are the ones being warned. These aren't pilgrims. These aren't sojourners. We as believers, now we're pilgrims and sojourners. We're strangers to this world. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11 says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Notice, Christian, we're called strangers and pilgrims. Now, we know what strangers are. A pilgrim, someone who hasn't arrived at his destination yet. He's just traveling through. Now, an inhabitors, that's a whole new ball game. An inhabitor is one who's taken up residence in this world. And the residents of this world are completely different from us because they are of the world. 1 John chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 says, Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. 
Listen, don't be amazed. Don't be astonished that the world listens to the liars and cheats and wicked people of this world because the world hears them because they are of the world. They are of the world. But notice that it's we are of God. Big difference here. One is of the world. The other is of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. You can tell a believer because he hears what the word of God says when we present it. He that is not of God heareth not us. People who don't want to believe the gospel is because they're not of God. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You know, when men don't want to hear what God's words say, it's because they choose error over truth. The spirit of error runs this world. That's why there's so much crookedness and rottenness in this world and wickedness in this world. Now it says, he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Satan's time is limited in this world, not limitless. Satan only has a certain amount of time given him by God. And he knows one day, one day, all this is going to come to a screeching halt. There's a time set. As we read in Matthew 8, 29, I'll remind you. And behold, they cried out saying, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? There is a limit to how far the wickedness of this world can go. Though it looks to us today like it's limitless. I mean, I, in my lifetime, which is a very short period of time of 75 years, I've seen wickedness increase. Things and people are so wicked today that it doesn't matter if you lie to them or cheat them. If they like you, they'll just go ahead and vote for you. Well, the day is going to come when that limit's reached. The time is going to arrive. Satan, we've already seen, reacts in fury. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 13 says, And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. So when Satan is cast to the earth, his target begin becomes 
Israel 100%. Boy, he is going to turn his fury upon the nation of Israel. Why? Because the Savior comes out of Israel. You see, salvation comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ was, came out of Israel. John 4.22 says, Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. That's why Satan hates the Jews. He hates them because salvation is of the Jews, and he hates God's salvation. He wants to take everybody to hell with him. He wants to defeat God in his desire that all men should come to repentance. Every book in the Bible, every book in the Bible, every book in this book is written by an Israelite. Romans chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 says, What advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? He says, much every way, chiefly because unto them, the Jew, were committed the oracles of God. What advantage does he have? He's got the very words of the living God, the oracles of God. The words of God. Every book, that book, this book, is a Jewish book. It is this book which declares salvation is of the Jews. It is this book that declares that one day Israel is going to be restored to their land and they're going to have every last inch of it. And they are going to, through the Lord Jesus Christ, rule this world. Satan hates that. He despises it. He hates that truth. And he hates Israel because of it. In fact, Romans chapter 4 and verse 13 shows that Israel is promised the world. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. God gave this promise that Abraham and his seed were to be the heir of the world. I bet you didn't think about that, did you? I bet most of you have never heard that. But check it out. As the old-time preacher said when I was a kid, it's in the book, man. It's in the book. The devil knows that he loses. He hates Israel because the Savior came from Israel. He hates Israel because the Word of God, the words of God, came from Israel. And he hates 
this world and he hates God because he know he's, knows he's going to lose the kingdoms of this world. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15. The seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are to become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. The kingdoms of this world. Remember when the devil offered them to Jesus in the, the wilderness temptations? And Jesus didn't take them from the devil, but he took them because God gave them to him when he won the kingdoms of this world, and they're now the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And Jesus is going to reign forever and ever. Hey, are you listening? You pol politic politicians, you worried about losing your office. Well, you're going to lose it when Jesus comes. You're worried about losing your power. You're going to lose it when Jesus comes. Because when Jesus comes, he shall reign forever and ever. You won't vote him out of office. You won't crook him. That's what we're looking forward to as believers, is when Jesus shall reign forever and ever, and he's going to reign on the throne of his father David in Israel, in Jerusalem. The certainty, you want to know how certain it is? Well, the promises made to Israel is certain because God says so. Men and brethren, Acts 1.16 says, This scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. The scripture must needs have been fulfilled. Listen, out of all the scriptures, that proclaimed the coming of Jesus Christ the first time, every last one of them were fulfilled. And out of all the scriptures that promise the second coming of Jesus Christ and what is going to take place must needs be fulfilled. And they will be. God is going to work on Israel's behalf to bring about the fulfillment of his word. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 8 says, God says, and I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. Hey, you better stop to think about something. Just as a side note here, you better stop to think about the fact that our sin is against God, an eternal God. That's why we need an eternal Savior. 
whereby they have sinned against me, God says, and I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned and whereby they have transgressed against me. God is going to, the Bible says he is going to cleanse and pardon Israel. He's done that for us in Jesus Christ, and he's going to do it for Israel. Sorry, I keep slipping down in my chair. God is going to turn back to Israel and restore her. You know, there's a lot of people who think that God is through with Israel, that he's not going to do anything more with Israel. But you're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. Because God is going to turn back to Israel. And he is going to restore her to her place of blessing in God. That's a guarantee. God is not finished with Israel. The devil knows that he's going to lose to God, to the God of Israel. Notice, he is the God of Israel. Not Allah. He is the God of Israel. He is the one and only true and living God, and the devil knows it. And he knows he's going to lose to him. And he doesn't like it. But that's not going to stop God from having the victory. Because he's declared that it's going to happen. And that his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, is going to rule and reign in Jerusalem on the throne of David. With a rod of iron, by the way. So that brings us to the conclusion of this lesson. Now this is what we've seen. Satan is cast down to this earth. Woe is pronounced upon the inhabitants of the earth, the residents. And Satan's great fury is unleashed on this world. It's all coming to pass, just as God says. This, then, brings us to the conclusion of this lesson. Join us for the next one. And until then, God bless you. Hey, this is John Cook again. Thank you for listening to the John Cook Ministries podcast on Just a Thought on the book of Revelation. Now, before you go, how about take some time and leave us a comment? Or maybe a prayer request, or what question do you have that we might be able to answer for you? Let us know how we can help you. And don't forget to subscribe to the John Cook Ministries podcast, and you will get the next lesson just as soon as it is released. Well, we'll say goodbye for now.